Thursday Finance, and we do it for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. Brett Hall joining us today. And today we're going to look at making an offer on a property and just how it is really, really important these days to do your plan first, the things you need to take into account there. We'll have our weekly market update with Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. And we'll look at currencies and commodities and maybe a little look at uh, the effects of supercars on Newcastle. It's Brett Hall, why don't we start off with a little mention of the supercars. They came. Yes. They conquered. They went. Yep. <laughs> and we're still deconstructing. But how, what do you think the effect will be on the area? Yeah, look, I think it's um, – first, I think it would – been pretty obvious that it was a successful event. We touched on it last week. What what impact might it have? And I think uh, it would be hard to measure from an economy economic perspective how much benefit it brought. But I think it's just one small part in um, the overall view that uh, Newcastle is being seen as a place to uh, to visit or, or or come to. And I think um, that positive um, aspect, and that's just you know one small part of the big picture. And I think that the fact that we're able to successfully host a, quite a significant event um, in a difficult location in our city, I think, um, was, was a positive. And I think that just adds somewhat, I guess, to some um, consumer and business confidence, which I think is backed up by the Hunter Research Foundation's latest um, data, mm-hmm. which is saying that uh, the business confidence in our region is, a, is at an all-time high. Um, so it's... Um, and that, that, How do they measure that? Yeah, so on, are they obviously the research research foundation um, does uh, surveys and put together uh, reports. So um, from their latest report, um, from the surveys they've done, um, businesses uh, are saying that they're more likely to employ um, staff. So there's, there's that positive positive aspect around um, their future employment or employing additional people, which obviously is a, is a good thing. Uh, their expectations around um, capital expenditure is also positive. So obviously, if businesses are, are planning on on acquiring new equipment or um, expanding their their um, capacity, etc., then obviously there's there's um, a view that things in the future are, are going to be strong because otherwise they wouldn't be investing that capital. So um, so I think that uh, that combined with other things such as um, you know the um, the in the media this week the cruise ship um, terminal that's that's um, announced to be finished by the end of next year just all those all those things i think continue to add to the to the um okay. positive vibe of, of the city which i think increases that um balance balance yeah that's right which which is which is a good thing so yeah excellent yep. in the meantime are commodities doing well as well yeah that's right um yeah so it's been a bit of a flat week um again so um gold's at one thousand six hundred and uh, $96 an ounce, uh, copper 8971 um, copper down 1.8% on last week, uh, gold was flat. Um, then we're looking at nickel, which is down 3% at 14864 The major currencies uh, we had, so it's actually the Australian dollar is down against all the major currencies this week. Mm. So one Australian dollar is buying you uh, 75.7 US dollars, uh, which is down 0.7%. So it's actually sort of been trickling down over the past month, um, but still 
sort of up what it was a few months ago, which is which so is great. Are we expecting it still to trend downwards? What are the pundits saying? Yeah, well, look, I, it, it's interesting. I mean, um, the we'll talk, catch up with Jen, um, Jen, Henry next um, and talk to him about the impact of um, the government's announced this morning a royal commission um, into the banking sector. And, you know, I think that creates a little bit of uncertainty. Um, and, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll touch on that with, with Henry. But um, at this stage, I think the perception is that it should hold or potentially go down a little bit. Okay. But, yep. Uh, so then moving on, uh, the New Zealand dollar. So um, flat on last week and today it's buying you a dollar and nine um, US dollars. And the Canadian dollar flat also buying you um, 0.97 dollars so 97 cents mm. so the indices are the stock markets so the Australian market today's still above 6,000 points at 6096 which has been um, above the 6,000 now for the past month but hasn't hedged up too much mm-hmm. um, above there so in the US the market is up um, just over one percent at 2626. And um, the Nikkei is at 22,597. So we might just move on to the major stocks. So BHP um, is down this week, just over 1% at $27.64. The Commonwealth Bank, um, this price was prior to the announcement by um, Malcolm Turbull about the the Royal Commission. Um, So it's down on this, but it was was at $80.98. I think it's down probably about 1% or 2% um, now. Mm-hmm. Since um, since we looked at the market this morning, um, then NIB, which ASX code is NHF, is uh, up 2.3% on last week at $6.94, so it continues to perform well. As a comparative to Telstra, which isn't doing very good, uh, is down again this week to $3.39. Mm. So we'll have a chat about Telstra when we talk to Henry. Yes, okay. And what about petrol? Petrol prices. Fuel, yes, oil. so um, so unleaded uh, in Newcastle is a dollar thirty five, down half a percent on last week. Um, in Sydney, a dollar thirty one, which is up one percent, and but still cheaper than Newcastle. And diesel in Newcastle is a dollar thirty three, in Sydney a dollar thirty two. It's Thursday finance, and it's that time when we get our weekly market update in the market with Henry Jennings, senior commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Over to you, Brett Hall. Yes, uh, welcome, Henry, and thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure, Brett. Very good. So, uh, the uh, Malcolm Turnbull has announced this morning um, a, a commission. Uh, into the banks. Um, so yep. what, what's the likely outcome of this? I mean, the, the, the stock prices were down um, yep. this morning as a result of that announcement by, I think, when I had to do a quick calculation between one5 and sort of 2% yeah. um, right. across the major four banks. Um, so I guess what's, what's the, what do you see as the major impact of that? Um, well, this was always going to happen, and I've been saying this for some time, that there was always going to be a Royal Commission, and just depending on whether they actually call it a Royal Commission or not, but certainly they've been, uh, the government's been kind of dragged screaming and kicking into doing this. So mm. um, the good news, I guess, for the banks is that it's only going to run for a year. The government's allocated 75 million bucks to it, mm-hmm. um, which is less than they allocated to the same-sex marriage postal vote. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. Um, but uh, clearly it is a negative to the banks, although there has been some bargain hunting around in the banking stocks uh, to lift them off the bottom. So that's that's been good. The market was down over 60 points at one stage today, and now we're only down uh, 31. So uh, yes. the banks have rallied. There are a few people um, using this 
bargains. I guess that the problem is that this is going to hang over the sector like a sword of Damocles. Mm. Um, and it's not just the banks. This is a royal commission into the financial industry. So it's going to hit insurers, banks, wealth managers, everybody. So it's a pretty far-ranging um, royal commission. Yep. Um, now, I guess the good news for the banks is that because the government has delayed and delayed and delayed, they've had a long time to bury any skeletons as far yep. as as deep as they possibly can. Yep. But as, as you know, if you lift a rock, there's always something nasty hiding behind it, and we're going to have uh, rocks lifted mm-hmm. um, throughout this inquiry, and there's always going to be things that they're going to find. It's inevitable. You can do that with any business, whether it's a, a bank business or not. So yep. um, it's, it's probably going to overhang, as I say, for some time. Yep. Um, the, the, I guess the key question is whether the institutions from overseas, mm. um, when they look at our banking sector and go, you know what, it's pretty hard to be there, whereas the US banks are picking up a lot of momentum on the back of these proposed tax cuts. European banks are uh, doing quite well. UK banks have been given a clean bill of health. Yep. Um, so, you know, the global investors will look at our banking sector and go, you know what, all the risks with the housing market, we don't mm. need to be there. Mm. We can go and buy other banks. Yep. So, um, you know, mums and dads love the banks, yep. but they also love to bash the banks, and it will cost the banks, um, you know, a considerable amount of money to defend this. They've all set up departments in the last few months to actually handle a Royal Commission, so it's yep. not a surprise for the banks. Uh, they knew this was coming. The adverts on Sky Business have been, uh, you know, all warm and fuzzy about how banks are owned by Australians yep. and Australians get the money and all this rubbish. Yep. Um, so, um, you know, Anna, Anna Bly, um, I have to say, as the head of the ABA, has spectacularly failed now on two counts, the, uh, the tax levy back in May and now a Royal Commission to the banks. So mm. she really has not done a particularly good job. Yeah. So what about, um, so you're talking about obviously, um, you know, the overseas investors yeah. uh, looking less favourably on the banks now. So do you think that that also, um, you know, that view on the banks could could have an impact on their cost of funding and, and could impact interest rates at all? Uh, oh, yeah. It's, they're they're going to, you know, at the end of the day, if the banks have to spend 250, 300 million bucks mm-hmm. on this Royal Commission, uh, whether that's each or, you know, between them, mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, who's going to pay for that? Yep. We know how that, you know, the banks make record profits. They make $31 billion in profits. They pay out 75% of their profits to shareholders. Um, somebody's going to pay, and the easiest people to make pay are going to be those people that borrow money. So mm-hmm. I guess that, that will have a, an effect on uh, consumer um, spending yep. and consumer confidence. It will also have a, a handbrake, uh, more of a handbrake on the housing market, which the RBA will quietly like, mm-hmm. I suspect. Um, and so, you know, people will just have to pay more for their mortgages to pay for the fact that we've wanted this bank inquiry. Yep. Yep, and I think uh, I was talking to my bank manager earlier in the week. And you um, have a bank manager? <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. Do you really have a bank manager? <laughs> in, I haven't seen one of those for about twenty years. When, when you're in you small, must be very important, Brad. No, when you're in small business, you, uh, you you get the the benefit of having a bank manager. Wow! But he was um, he was saying that uh, you know that over the past 12 months, that there has been a lot more um, expectation, regulation on them from internally in the bank in terms of what uh, information they're required to, to mm. collect at the time of application. So that, that does back up what you were saying in terms of, you know, the banks have been predicting this for some time and they have been, you mm. know, starting to try and, you know, put any clo- uh, skeletons in the closet away. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know, no, no business is without its skeletons, let's face it. If, mm. if, if you look across at... Um 
you know, many you know, mining companies or you know lots of companies have got uh, got issues. We've seen it with Rio, with some of the, the the bribes or the alleged bribes they've taken in in Mozambique and places. We you know we saw it with BHP and Samarco that that disaster. There's someone's going to get the finger pointed at them for that one. So yep. you know, no, nobody's immune to this. Um, and of course, we've seen it spectacularly with media companies as well. With with those sorts of skeletons appearing in, in media companies' closets with bad behaviour from from uh, personalities. Yeah, yeah. In our office, we're getting a lot of phone calls at the moment about Bitcoin. People <laughs> people wanting to invest in in Bitcoin, and uh, you know, the, it's uh, it's a hot topic, as you mentioned um, just is. a few moments ago. It is. It is a very hot topic. Last night, um, it went through ten thousand mm. dollars US dollars. This is per Bitcoin and hit eleven thousand dollars before it then collapsed twenty yep. percent. Um, it's back up to ten thousand two hundred and eighty-eight dollars as we speak. Yep. Um, so it's been an extraordinary ride. I think it's up about nine hundred percent this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an awful lot of people that have made an awful lot of money in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle to get my head around it. Um, it is, a, I guess, it's a bit like gold was for analog people um, when gold is flying. It, this is um, this is kind of um, the same for millennials and the digital world. It's, mm. um, um, but you know, we've got um, we've had a lot of people. I even had dinner with a bunch of friends last night, and the major topic of conversation was, "So tell me about Bitcoin. How does it yep. work, and how do I buy one?" Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. which is a sure sign. But at some stage, this is all going to end Collapse. in tears. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And we're actually going to uh, talk on the program in the coming weeks about um, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So. Yeah, well, what, what, what's scary is, is, the, uh, is Bitcoin now is worth more than General Electric, Disney mm-hmm. and McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's $160 billion uh, worth of, of Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's pretty staggering. And... Bitcoin is, is only one of, I think, 300 cryptocurrencies that are out there. Yep. Um, and the other ones are performing even better. There's one called Ripple, which some of the big institutions have been investing in, mainly because uh, they're using it for some of the blockchain transactions. So this is really the, the key to Bitcoin, I guess, mm-hmm. apart from uh, having untaxable, untraceable um, profits, yep. um, which is fantastic if you want a money launder or, or hide anything. It's, you know, what will store money and sneak it out of a country it's it's just it's just game on for uh, for criminals and nefarious types all over the world yeah and as you say it, it can't continue at this at this rate and uh it'll probably end in tears at some point yeah so. i did I, having said that Brett, i said that at five thousand <laughs> six thousand seven thousand <laughs> and now it's ten and a half thousand yeah yeah. So, you know, it, it can continue for... Bubbles go for longer than you think they're going to go for. Yep. And when they do go pop, they really go pop spectacularly. But, you mm-hmm. know, it could go to 20,000 yeah. before it pops. So, uh, yes, yeah, so moving on. So talking about uh, things getting to uh, some, some highs is uh, Macquarie Bank. Um, share yes. price broke through the $100 mark and um, has it made did. a strong recovery since the, the GFC. I mean, it hasn't been, you know, smooth the whole way, but... Um, right. but but uh, I think it was well below twenty or twenty five dollars back. It was. 10 years I remember ago. it. I remember it only too well as an ex Macquarie Bank person. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the, the stock finally broke through that hundred dollar level. It's been on a, a bit of a tear recently. I guess there's a number of players at work here. One is they're big in the infrastructure space, yep. um, which is obviously picking up some uh, some good kind of momentum with Trump and also the amount of infrastructure that's being built in. Uh, various parts of Australia and the rest of Europe and the UK. It's got good exposure to the US economy. Um, it's a fund manager as well, and fund managers do well when equity markets go to records, and we're seeing records 
all over the place. So, mm. you know, that, that helps fund managers too. Um, they've also gone clean and green. Um, Macquarie's uh, invested heavily in green technology. They bought a thing in the UK called the Green Bank. Um, and it's, you know, it's a class outfit. They, they, yeah. They're making good profits. Um, they don't um, beat their chests. Um, they try and fly a little bit under the radar because you know it's, it's easy, if, you know, to make yourself a target, and uh, mm. you know you, you don't really want to make yourself a target. Nick Moore is uh, is quite aware of the reputation that Macquarie have as the millionaires factory, so mm-hmm. why pin a big target on your test, chest and say, hey, please investigate me, or yep. uh, or please uh, slag me off? So um, they're very sort of um, yeah, they're very humble. Mm-hmm. As humble as you can be if you're earning 12 million bucks and worth about 100 million dollars, as Nick Moore is, but he is, he is yeah. quite humble. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Telstra uh, seems to be losing uh, ground to some of the other providers out there. Yeah. So I really, I mean, the share price is down again this week. I think it was 2, 2.3%. Um, yeah. I just don't see any good news for coming out of it, Telstra or for Telstra, really. I, it is hard to hard to think of anything that could go right for them. Mm. Um, the problem they've got is that, uh, you know, they're the, the big giants and everyone's around trying to kill the giant with little cuts and, you know, yeah. eventually you wear the giant down and that's probably what's happened with the Vocuses and the TPGs and, and what you know, the, the whole NBN changed the whole landscape. You know, when yeah. you get connected to the NBN and you get a letter saying there's 94 providers that are now competing for your home phone, your internet, your whatever service you want to run and you've got Netflix and, and Stan all this other stuff yep. um, it's, it's hard work um, for, for Telstra to keep hold of their there's a lot of churn goes on yep. um, and then, of course the NBN is so hopeless that um, they cop a lot of flack as well mm-hmm. um, and of course the uh, the mobile space which has been their their big saviour has been has been getting increasingly competitive as well Vodafone yeah. um, which had major problems some years ago have got their act back together again and everyone's offering you know 10 gigs for 20 bucks and yep. 15 you know it's, it's, yeah. it's very competitive it's hard to see where they're going to go their big hope is 5G that they can roll that out leverage that up and mm-hmm. take market share off the NBN which wouldn't be very difficult given that it's slower than Iraqi NBN yep. um, but um, <laughs> you know it's um, that, that's their big hope but that is some way out so to be honest can't really see too many reasons to be there yeah yeah um, you know, you'd, you'd, even the banks, which, you know, are getting cheaper by the day, yep. um, better yield, um, you know, at least they've got some growth. Yep. And, uh, okay, the Royal Commission's going to overhang them, but at least we know now that it's out there. We know the terms of reference, and yep. we can kind of get our head around that. Um, whereas just the, t- the future yep. for Telstra looks a little cloudy. Yeah. And just lastly, uh, things at Maya. I suppose we're going to end on doom and gloom a little bit here because things at Maya also seem to be getting getting worse. I see they're announcing to uh, be cutting staff hours to, to reduce yeah, some of their costs. Yeah, that's sensible, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if you wander into a Maya store anyway, you know, find, spotting a, a, a staff member is, uh, you know, it's like trying to find the less spotted grebe or something. It's, it's <laughs> pretty hard to come by. Um, so the solution to Maya for customer service, which is, let's face it, if you're an analogue business bricks and mortar, the only way you can distinguish yourself against Amazon or the like online customer is by service. offering good customer service. Absolutely. So what, so what do you do? Yep. You get rid of the customer service. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, that's really sensible so you can just see that much like the dinosaur um the the future for maya is not particularly positive their only hope is that solly lou comes over the horizon and bails them out um noticing today that oriton um which is a kind of a a relatively well known 
Australian retail brand has gone into administration. Mm. Um, so, um, so that's um, not particularly good news. Um, so they've gone from, from being a hero when they had the Ralph Lauren concession to zero now. Um, yep. They're in administration, so it's not too, uh, not too flash. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Henry. As always, oh. as always it's great to talk to you. Always a pleasure, Brett. Have a great week. You too. Henry Jennings, Senior Commentator with the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. On to RFM's Thursday Finance. We'll take a look at things you need to think about in just a moment before you make an offer on that property. Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. And, um, well, we've heard that the uh, Royal Commission into the banks has just been announced this morning. And that, Brett Hall, is, um, is that going to make a difference if you want to borrow money to buy a property? Yeah, yeah. As um, as we touched on earlier in the program, the the banks have been expecting this for some time and have have already really started to change some of their practices. Um, so the, the law states that um, your credit provider, so your bank, your building society, um, must lend you money responsibly, and so obviously, um, you know, they they need to make sure that you can obviously afford to 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 meet your repayments. Um, over the years, the, the banks have, uh, and the billing size, the financial institutions have, have tightened up um, on on their practices, and even more so of recent times. And from what we see in our business and clients, uh, it it has become more apparent that there are more checks being done, more due diligence done by by the financial institutions before offering a loan to somebody. So things like, uh, and, and, and I'll just go back one step. This is I mean, the purpose of raising this topic today is because it's important for for, for people to, if they're looking into buying a house, that they really make sure that they do their plan prior to going and making offers because, from what we see, things are taking a bit longer to get, to get approved and um, some of that process is that the banks are requiring more information. Mm-hmm. So um, and so what we're seeing is, you know, the, the bank's doing more cross-checking where before providing pay slips um, would have been okay as proof of income. They're now actually asking for copies of bank statements, et cetera, to check that, those um, that they 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 match and that that kind of thing is an example of a little bit of extra due diligence that um, we see happening now that wasn't so much um, happening in the past and and also for for small businesses that are borrowing money there there is a lot more um, checks being being done and you know requiring uh, more up to date um, financial information being provided than where before they were sort of more rely off um, historical financial statements, et cetera. So, so the, the point of, I guess, today's topic is that making sure that you, before going to, you know, making offers on houses, et cetera, is important to, to do a plan. And that's not just obviously uh, around doing your application um, for, for finance if, if you require it. It's all, all the other things as well. And, uh, you know, I think there has been somewhat of a bit of a cooling off in, in, in the property market, but in Newcastle it's still quite strong. So if you're going to make an offer, you really need to make sure you're, you're ready. Um, otherwise, you could be probably perhaps a little embarrassed where, you know, you, you're still trying to fumble to get the last checks and balances done before you can, um, you know, exchange or, or, or make it formal. That's particularly important if you're at an auction, I suppose. Cause... Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, that, that's critical. I guess that's always been the case for for, um, for participating in an auction because um, you don't have the benefit of a cooling off period to, to exit if you had to. But... Um, you know, when, when there's obviously potentially multiple um, buyers after one property, it can come down to who can who can uh, sign on the dotted line the quickest. And, um, you know, and I think that making sure you've got your plan in place prior to doing that is, is really important. Um, and much like everything, you know, you should always obviously 
plan do do your plan first and do your budget and make sure that you're um you're ready before before doing any transaction really well we might take a look at some of the steps that um you yeah. think should be part of the plan um yeah. where do you start what should we be doing yeah i think um so it's 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 important not just to rely on the bank to uh assess how much you can you can borrow i think it's important to do your own budget and make your own decision on what uh, what you can afford, rather than just relying on uh, what the bank will will offer you or building society. Um, so I think first step is always is do your budget around um, you know your home loan and making sure that you're you're um, able to do uh, do your own due diligence first um, around affordability, um, and then um, obviously um, you know approach one of the financial institutions to um, to see how much they would they would lend you. Um, and, and do your um, analysis or your own calculations around how much budget, budget you're going to need or, and with their assistance. And then also, um, once you're, you're ready to go, um, then obviously, you know, start speaking to um, some agents. Um, so that's the, you know, I guess, the, the first step that we consider. Um, then going on beyond that, the next step would be to, um, you know, really work out what your costs are going to be mm-hmm. um, so that when you do make offers, then there's nothing hidden um, and, you know, looking to try and find extra money at the, at the last minute. Um, so... Um, the, Is there an easy way of trying to work that out? Yeah, well, um, I think there's obviously a lot of information online. Um, there's a lot of, you know, quick Google will, will give you some good checklists, but um, we'll run through a, a couple of the really obvious ones Obvious ones now. Um, and probably the most um, significant additional cost is stamp duty. So obviously that that is um, a percentage, around 3% of the um, the purchase price. And... You know, it's obviously it's variable in the fact that um, you know, depending on how much you you actually purchase the the, the house for, um, how much that's going to cost. So, so that's a percentage, is it? Yeah, yeah of the of the purchase price. Um, and then there's some of the, the smaller things, um, are your pest and building report, um, which are around up around five hundred dollars um, per report, sort of at the top end. Um, so making sure you're getting those done and you know allocating that cost in your budget. Um, Depending on how much you're borrowing as a percentage of the um, of the the house, um, mortgage insurance is a probably another significant cost. Um, you know, if, you, if you're lending less than sorry, if you're borrowing less than eighty percent, then it's unlikely you're going to need um, the mortgage insurance. But um, again, it's, it's another cost you need to, to factor in because these costs obviously take away come out of the money which um, you've saved for the deposit. So, um, so mortgage insurance is in case something happens to your regular income, either well, uh, from whatever reason. Yep. Oh, actually, um, no, that's no. actually income insurance, um, protection insurance, okay. probably. So the mortgage insurance um, covers you in, in the or covers the institution in the event that um, you're able to make the make the repayment. So it's not actually going to provide you financial oh. assistance. So, yes. um, and required when you you know you haven't got the full deposit. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there's the conveyancing fee. So the, you know whether you use a conveyancer or, or a um, legal practitioner, um, you know the, the the fees there can range depending on um, the complexity of the of the conveyance. But um, you know probably allocate around fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So so they're the sort of the cost that you need to obviously work into your um, into your budget. Uh, and you know, as we touched on before, it's important to make sure that you've got all those numbers worked out. Um, and you're doing so well in advance because, um, you know, otherwise it's just going to hold you up um, through that process and potentially, you know, um, get you into, you know, having an offer accepted on a property that maybe you can't actually um, 
looking at or scrutinizing more doing more due diligence on people's ability to to make the repayments and really looking for certainty around that there is that ability to to meet the repayments and um and so one is you know not just really relying on uh, an application form filled in by an applicant to say this is what my income is uh, there's a lot more due diligence being done to verify that that figure actually is accurate and and correct and i think um you know obviously comes more around the scrutiny on the banks um, in relation to them um, making sure that they're only lending to people that that genuinely genuinely can can afford it uh, so I think that's so those just going back to your example um, yes it is more more difficult for those people but in a day if you can prove it if you've got um, evidence you know, if you're in, in in small business and um, you've got uh, bank statements from from that business that you operate and business activity statements tax returns and you can prove it then you know it's not it's not a problem yes and while you can't predict the future it certainly is a guide yes yes yep. well so plenty to think about and of course if you'd like to run through all this again you can do that on podcast to anewrfm.com today's edition of thursday finance thank you brett hall thank you jane Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.